What's going on, world? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Full Court Press. I'm your host, Pierre. Got Riley in the building. And fiddling in for Matt today. Matt, enjoy your vacation. We are jealous. We have Brian in the building. What is hey, up, guys? We finally got a Boston Celtic on the show for you. <laughs> so you're going to be happy. Brian, how you doing, man? Oh, it's a good day, man. Just got home, so we're going to talk some basketball. Awesome. Hey, Riley, how about you, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. Nice rainy day up here in the PNW. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a good day to record. It's definitely a good day. And, fellas, we are approaching this NBA return. We are about, what, 25 days away, 26, something like that. And teams are going to start making their way to Orlando as early as next week. Training camp starts on the 9th. The bubble... We, we know David, I mean, David Stern, excuse me, Alex, Adam Silver won't be there. He's going to come down, but he said he's not staying. I just thought that was so funny to me. Yeah, that is, that is pretty funny that they're going to do that, <laughs> that he would even say that. Like, it'd be cooler if he just didn't say that, like didn't confirm. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the issues that are popping up that we're seeing with this stuff is like, you know, the players are super uneasy about the bubble and like exactly how it's going to work and how safe it's really going to be. Like yeah. new new cases of COVID are popping up now, and it's like, what are we? What exactly is the plan here? Because Adam Silver also said that they would shut it down if need be. So yeah, if it gets too bad, but it's like, what's the threshold for that? Yeah, I was like, what's too bad? And then Brian, you must be happy because Kemba Walker came out and said, "Well, I live in a bubble every day. Like, <laughs> I'm Girl. a single guy with no kids, so I don't have a problem with staying in my room." I mean, Gordon Hayward's wife is also pregnant again, and she's due in September. Ooh. So that's another angle that um, – and there's a certain Boston broadcaster that already got in trouble this week for criticizing Cam Newton that if he makes one critical error about uh, how he feels about, you know, fathers being there to give birth to their kids because he has a, he's been noted before, and that's Michael Felger. That guy has noted before because Al Horford a couple years ago when his uh, son was born – he was like, well, why aren't you at the game? You don't need to be there. Oh, that was well, that was him? That was Michael. I, Fowler, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I remember that situation thinking that's insane that you would question, you know, someone's loyalty to the team or their teammates, you know, or the game when it comes to family. You know, that's a that's a that's a hot take. That's a real hot take. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, this is me. I'm waiting for it. working in that building, coming? by the way. Is Gordon Hayward going to make it or is he not going to make it? He said he's gone regardless. Yeah, because I saw – the report that said that the no Celtics have any cases right now and everybody's on board to go. So that's pretty good. As, as you know from listening, me and Riley and Matt, we pretty, you know, pretty much were saying that the, like, if we had to pick a team, well, I don't know why, I don't know how hot Riley feels about it now, but if we were to pick a team that can challenge the Bucks in the East right now with everything going on, I would say that it would it would be the Celtics. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, the Celtics, uh, if they're ready to go, you know, at, at this point, it's it's tough to pick one because you're yeah. hoping that everybody has is in decent shape. You know what I mean? You can't be in yeah. game shape right now because that comes only only in playing the games. But uh, yeah, you really hope that those guys are going to be ready because if they are, if those guys are you know up to up to uh, par, basically, uh, yeah, the Celtics are going to be one of the tough teams. I think them and Miami are going to be the most interesting teams when it comes to going against the Bucks, But, yeah, Boston's built built the best to do it, for sure. I mean, 
yeah, Tatum's Tatum has made leaps and bounds that I did not expect. I I, I will openly say that I, I criticized him and that he would not and predicted he would not be, you know, would not blow up into the star that he basically already is this year. So. Yeah, and, you know, it's crazy as a Celtics fan because uh, going into the season, losing Al Horford broke my heart. I mean, I didn't really care about losing Kyrie all that much. It was a foregone conclusion after some of the stories I heard in early June. Um, I kind of figured it was an early, it was a foregone conclusion. Um, but without Horford being gone, we kind of lost that height, that size. I would be really afraid to have to play Toronto or Miami in the semifinals. Oh, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's super interesting. Toronto, too. for some reason, every time we play them, at Toronto, they kick our ass. I don't understand why. It's 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 something that aggravates me. Um, but I mean, you have Kyle Lowry sometimes like has good games. Terrence Ross went off for thirty five against us one time. I remember before he got traded. <laughs> so like that just tells you the aggravation. And then yeah, that- today an SSAW, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I have my own bones to grip since we're all like getting confessions out. I didn't Let's appreciate the fact that Joe Johnson was posted. ISO Joe, okay, I love that we're giving ode to him, but he's the greatest Celtic ne- never was, and my heart broke. My, my heart broke when he got traded because I was a huge college basketball fan as a young kid. I watched him play at Arkansas. I wanted him, Walker, and Paul Pierce to be the main trio. I thought we were going to win championships, and then he gets traded. Broke my heart. Oof. And also, too, the, and also, I'm pretty sure that clip that was posted of ISO Joe is him destroying Paul Pierce. Oh, that was a great freaking highlight. Oh, oh no, man. no, I root for Joe Johnson on that. I'm telling you, I was a Joe Johnson stan, like, before that even was a thing. Like, I just, I, that was my dude, honestly. I'm not even He's great, it. man. He's one of the most under-the-radar uh, The Adrian killers. Dantley of our era. The Adrian that's Dantley great, of our era. Yeah. That's, that's a great comparison. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a monster, dude. I mean, and it was crazy, you know, he goes to the big three and just destroys everybody. Because he's still, game, he's still ready to go, you know. He's he's he game there, he's four corners and all. Man, he's slow yeah. as hell. I want to see a big three team of Mello, Joe Johnson, and Rasheed Wallace. They wouldn't Ooh, lose the all game, a team man. pull up done. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They wouldn't lose a game. Team pull up. Yeah, I, I agree. It man, wouldn't even matter. That'd be fun. And then Bobby really Jackson good. on the bench because, as I said, you got to keep a team pull up. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a great, great fourth guy. Yeah. As far as other teams go, uh, when it comes to the bubble, we know the Sixers as well. They reported that nobody has COVID, and they also are all on board of going down there. That's another team to keep an eye on, considering the injuries that Ben Simmons faced this year with his back. And you had Embiid, who was nursing an injury. So if they're fully healthy, they're also going to be a team to watch out for. Do I think they have enough to make a push late? No. But it's just going to be fun to see a healthy MB and uh, Ben Simmons that still won't shoot the ball. Well, it's crazy because, like, those guys, uh, like, they have all the talent in the world, you know. They're one of the most talented teams in the East by far. But they they just don't have it. Like, I, I would I would put money on the fact that they will not get to the conference finals, you know, maybe the semifinals. Like, I don't know. They just – it just doesn't click, you know. It doesn't click together. And it's, it's sad to see because they have some – Amazingly talented pieces, but I think you got to blow a lot of it up in the offseason. I've been saying that. Definitely. Yeah, you got to blow it up. You got to trade one of the Simmons and Bede. You got to get rid of Horford, which sucks. I mean, I, wish, I really wish Horford, like you said, Brian, I really wish he would have like, re signed with Boston and been good with that because that was such a great fit. And then to see him go to Philly 
and it be the worst fit in the world. Is crazy uh, that his sister's basically saying that on Twitter that she loves Celtics yeah. fans more than Sixers fans. Yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful at all. That's not <laughs> Anna Horford. Shout out to Anna Horford. I love her dearly. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. So I really hope the Sixers blow it up because yeah, I don't think they're going to make a lot of noise, even though they have you know way more talent and way more experience than teams like uh, like Miami that I've been like hyping losing up. Jimmy Butler. Losing Jimmy Butler was a big blow. It was it's 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 kind of awful, you know. Um, oh, that's some breaking news. What's that? Why was he done? No, go ahead. Oladipo has elected to not play in Orlando. I don't blame him. And it seemed like when Agnes was sat down with you guys, that was kind of the vibe that was going to be had, that he wasn't going to risk it. Yeah. Ooh, that is that is huge right there. Man. You yeah. hate to see it, but from a basketball and health standpoint, I understand. I mean, yeah, Indiana prepared for that, though. Yeah, better for him to just come back ready to go because they're definitely going to need him to uh, – uh, they need him next year more so than they need him this year, you know. Now they have to fill in. They have to sign somebody. You know, on the hook, dude. You know he's waiting. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, absolutely. It 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 has to be. Get my guy Jamal out there, man. I need it. I need Jamal Crawford signed, man. I need him signed. And it's weird because obviously I'm a big Isaiah Thomas fan. I wanted to see him sign somewhere too, but I understand the likelihood of that, given how the layout's been, is not gonna not real high. But Jamal Crawford, like he's a walking bucket, and there's these bodies are gonna start dropping where guys are gonna either pull out or have COVID as we lead up to this. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be insane if he doesn't get a deal from somebody. And it's is. not like Jamal Crawford's never in game shape because that dude literally used to play the summer leagues every gym. year. He plays the summer yeah. leagues every summer. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Did, you guys, did you guys know, too, that he doesn't uh, – until, like, last year, I think it was, maybe the year before. And consider he's, like, 38 or whatever now. Like, he, he uh, had never done drills. He had never, like, worked on individual drills. For individual wow. things. He just played all the time. Think well, about that. Mind, like, all these guys yeah, training, you guys remember all how guys. good he was at Michigan. That yeah, dude was a walking bucket then too. But it's like, yeah, so the fact that he's never, like up until like last year or whatever, he had never done individual drills like at any point. And he is, as fire as he is, strictly off gameplay, his whole career is insane. That's crazy. Phenomenal. Need to we see hope him. to see Jamal on the roster, man. This time. Well, what about Larry Sanders? I read a little bit about that, too. Yeah, that was pretty intriguing to me. I know Larry Sanders went down to the big three for a while, and he played. I think I've only seen him play, like, two games. I remember he proposed to his fiance at halftime. That was a touching moment, yeah. Yeah, pretty. And then I didn't see him no more. I'm saying he wants to make a return to the NBA. Larry Sanders is an interesting um, discussion, you know, because it's, it's his mental health. You know, it's one of those things where he, when he buys in, he's a phenomenal player. But I feel like introducing a player into a situation where everybody's going to be isolated together, kind of like a training camp, that that could go, yeah. that could backfire. It could. And yeah. I don't want to see Larry go through that type of thing. No, again. no. And, it, and also, too, I mean, is, is marijuana also was kind of an issue? And it's like... Now, oh, that's that, right. now that that's starting to come off the books a little bit in these in sports leagues and stuff, and people are starting to let that slide a little more. It sucks. It's definitely ruined some careers. You know, a lot. You know, like a Josh Gordon in the NFL type situation. But uh, yeah, I definitely hope that uh, anybody. I just hope these guys, some guys, get some second chances. You know, like a replacements type situation where these guys get to come in and uh, you know and just get some time and get, get some you know get some NBA time 
and uh, maybe show that they still have things left in the tank, you know, because they're, they're, they're going to be roster spots, you know. Speaking of roster spots, I'm here. I am thinking, oh, my Houston Rockets ain't nobody going to drop out. I haven't heard no COVID cases. Thank God. Thankfully, I know there's still going to be more coming, which we'll get to momentarily. I'm thinking, oh, you know, we're all going to make the trip. Abo Cephalosha just decides to not go. But we end up signing Luke and Bob Munse. So I'm pretty excited it's about that. Another solid guy. Everywhere he goes, he's he's played a nice role. Yeah, it just comes down to health for him. You know, like I mentioned in the uh, SSAW group, you know, the length is there, the defense is there, the wingspan, he's able to guard three through five, but it's just, will he be able to stay healthy? Hopefully so. I mean, he's had the time to uh, he's had the time to get his body right. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that works out. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. Hoping, man. Like I said, he's he's one of the best. I love his story. He's one of my favorite stories in the NBA of all time. Just because he's an actual prince. That's uh, part that's of those great cool. UCLA teams. I went to like a couple final yeah. fours. Him and Russell Westbrook. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's and then last but not least, the Lakers. They lose Avery Bradley. They bring in J.R. Smith. But there's also reports floating around that Dwight Howard is like 50-50. He doesn't know if he's coming or not. And then Frank Vogel comes out and says, we're not going to replace him. I think that could be huge for the Lakers because if all you have to depend on is JaVale McGee or this whole restart, that might come. Well, I mean, you have AD as well, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're them, like Dwight Howard's a huge loss because he was providing you such amazing, so, so many great minutes leading up to the to the break. Uh, he, you know, obviously we all know he'd rejuvenated himself and had come out. He's in the best shape of his life. He's playing this, this super sub role where he's coming in and you know being the old Dwight Howard for like 25 minutes a night, and it was it's a beautiful thing. And also, it's some it's a security that now they won't have. Like you said, JaVale can be inconsistent for sure, and uh, it would definitely be nice. And not like Dwight could, can't be either, but uh, to have both of those guys is, you know, combined with AD and LeBron, like those are some weapons that you, that you really like to have, especially in this like short, quick uh, run they're about to go on. I mean, you need height, though, at the end of the day. So, I mean, you look at what the Celtics had a problem with for the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, outside of Al Horford, you have no height. I mean, the Lakers right now, it's literally JaVel McGee and then whatever LeBron can give you on interior defense, and then that's pretty much it. Yeah, because AD's not going to get in the – he's not going to bang in the paint like that. So you need yeah. – you definitely are going to figure that Plus, out. Plus, you don't want to have – you don't want to risk him getting all banged up over that either. Yeah. Because, I mean, you want to keep AD at the four. That was the idea of having Howard and McGee was to make sure that Davis stayed out in the high post where he's probably yeah. is at his best anyway. Yeah, because those are issues he was having in New Orleans at times because they were earlier in his career because he'd have to play play the five, basically. Yeah, I mean, even when they had Cousins, it was just a weird fit at first, and then they clicked after Cousins got hurt in that play, which is still one of the most ridiculously weird playoff runs ever. By the way, that New Orleans run that got to the conference finals because Rondo decided to play like 2012 Rondo. Yeah, it's really weird how he turned that on. I mean, imagine if the Lakers had had some of that from him this year already, you know? Rondo's one of those guys where it's like he's probably a Hall of Famer at a certain point, you know, eventually. But he, yeah, definitely was not – he's not giving the Lakers much of anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming, you know, obviously his mind is worth is worth a roster spot in itself. But 
it's uh I was I was just waiting for them to sign a point guard and eventually get rid of him or especially at the deadline I thought they might trade for somebody but yeah he's hopefully he can have some of that same magic once the playoff lights come on I wonder if Sanders would consider the Lakers I think Larry well, Sanders that'd be a good spot for him though yeah it I mean, would be a good spot the, the idea just, minutes, just go rebound and block shots that's it because I mean, like what do you the idea that they wouldn't replace Howard is weird to me you know that's uh, what he came out and said. Yeah, that's so. such a weird statement because it would be. I mean, you, if they had somebody they could try to get, you gotta sign somebody. <laughs> like you need somebody, you know, uh, with some size outside of Javale. I'm on board with you, Brian. I feel like Larry Sanders would be great. I mean, because Javale McGee, you can't trust him the full game. He might get in foul trouble, and then you don't want to burn out AD. I mean, what are you gonna do, trusting Kuzma? What are you going to do, move Kuzma? True, I mean, look at some of the bigs they might be matching up with in the playoffs. I mean, if you face New Orleans, right, you're going to end up with Zion in the post, and you're not going to want to just have just McGee on him. That's going to be foul trouble. And then you don't want to risk putting ED or LeBron on him because you have to cover Ingram, and you want to respect the drive. Like, the Lakers kind of want to keep LeBron kind of like as a roamer, kind of. They don't want him on a man. They just kind of want him like roaming. Yeah, I mean, and he, even if I mean, say the Suns like sneak in, you know, like who's gonna guard DeAndre Ayton? You know, there's exactly. guys where it's like the the matchups, the early matchups. How about them, someone like Ed Davis? Yeah, that's Actually, a matchup yeah, that's that could kill ball. the Lakers because that's an yeah. under the radar type of guy, and you know, Ed Davis, he's not gonna, he's he's gonna scrap. That's the way he's yeah. always been. Well, he always plays big when it matters for sure. That's that's huge, and it's gonna be an ongoing thing. I mean, hopefully. Dwight Howard doesn't play. No, I'm just kidding. But hopefully he does play and it works out because we've seen, me personally, even being a Rockets fan, we burn our players out. So the fact that, you know, AD may have to commit to playing the five more with McGee, you know, potentially being in foul trouble, it's a bit scary because, I mean, it's like he's going back on his word now. Oh, that's not what I was – and it, it could create tension and make him not want to resign. I'm just saying. Well, in that case, then I'm putting – actually, my cousin Jeff and I started a hashtag Chicago, AD Chicago 2020 about this time last year um, after oh, the Anthony nice. Davis trade. Now, granted, I did that to be funny. Um, I don't know about him, but I did it to be funny. I think it'd be great to see Chicago get a homegrown guy again. Yeah, that'd be great, man. I mean, the, the hype that D-Rose had Rose too. I mean, yeah, I mean, imagine if you could get them both there. Imagine if you could get AD there and then you can you know, get Derrick Rose as well. Uh, I mean, D- Derek. I mean, he'd give you great minutes. We watched him in Detroit, like under the radar, have a yeah. great season. Uh, He's having the most. Derek plays good when he has good bigs. That's always been the thing. Yeah. If you get him Very good true. bigs, he's gonna get. He can like honestly in the in Brad Stevens system. That's why I was vouching for kind of Rose to be picked up last offseason. I'm like Rose in our offense to replace Kyrie. I mean, I didn't think Kemba Walker was even an option. I think I remember telling you guys I didn't think Kemba Walker was an option. Yeah, no, I remember you saying that. Oh, no, I was surprised when he went there. I was like, Well, I mean, I I remember it being an option because the whole UConn thing and the fact that the Celtics ownership really prided itself on that because they wanted somebody that uh, was going to buy into the local community. And the fact that because he's a UConn legend, Kemba is going to have more leeway than, say, Kyrie ever did, for example. Despite the fact that one of the owner's sons went to Duke with Kyrie. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and that was I part of the reason. That either. was part of the link to make the Kyrie trade. Man, that kid's probably bummed. It's bummed by now. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> I kind of am. I kind of am too, because in the beginning, not to get too sidetracked, but like with Kyrie Irving, um, since you know this is kind of like I know Abe would appreciate this. Like when Kyrie Irving first got traded to Boston, I was a little pessimistic because I totally loved Isaiah Thomas. Riley is my witness. Yes, I was so pessimistic about it because I felt like we wronged him, and ethically, it was wrong. I mean, right? I mean, if it was like football manager or one of those games, you pull the trigger in a heartbeat. But it was tough. It was. It was real, and working at ninety eight five, there was certain things I couldn't really leak out to the public because it would come back to me. So, this is the way it was heard because the owner, the the Kyrie trade, they tried to trade for Kyrie on draft night, not the Suns, the Celtics. But they waited because they had Gordon Hayward, and the trade was going to make it so they had to move somebody else, and they didn't want to trade Avery Bradley to Cleveland specifically. Mm-hmm. That was specifically a reason because LeBron clamored for Avery Bradley in that trade. And that was part of the reason it did not happen. Then Eric Bledsoe became available, and LeBron did not like the idea of playing with Eric Bledsoe, allegedly. That part was always a little dusty to me because I feel like Bledsoe and LeBron would work really well together. That's yeah, I think they really would, yeah. That, that's a part, that, that part I didn't really believe. But then the trade happened in August, and ben, Bill Simmons actually leaked it in July. People didn't really catch it. He actually did leak it in July, the Kyrie trade, the exact trade. Mm. The exact trade, piece by piece by piece. He leaked the exact trade. I did not know that. Yeah, and he actually mentioned Colin Sexton as a guy that Cleveland actually wanted with that pick. Like, it was so you know, freaking creepy. You know, Brian, wow. I, I got I to gotta give you credit here. I almost teared up when you when you uh, said that, you know, you you know, you know knew it was. Uh, oh, I always was, knew that. But the thing oh, is, I take emotion crazy. out of it. That well, was, for sure, and, I, I, I was even, even I could admit, you know? of course, even I could admit that the it, from the business side of things, Isaiah's hip was questionable, and he needed the certain. Even though that was Lacardi's fault, that was the trainer's for sure, fault. For sure, it was. But at the, you know, but at that point, like you said, if, if we're taking emotion out of it, of course, you see me in SSAW going off, and you know, on Sammy or whoever wants to talk about Isaiah Thomas, I'll always go to war about it. But that's because I think he's a great guy, and you know, he's my favorite favorite player from uh, you know, from my home state and everything. But I mean, from a business perspective made a lot of sense and quite honestly to get Kyrie for somebody like Isaiah who you know had a a bum hip and was not going to be as explosive as he once was um you know that's that's an easy call that's an easy call uh and also considering the fact that Isaiah was you know wanting that needed them to back up the Brinks truck uh to keep him so yeah uh, regardless of his hip because he's so confident he assumed that he could he could just pull it off either way and and in hindsight I mean or now just looking back I mean obviously we know that it was a good trade we or we know that it was on both sides I think both yeah, sides both. got exactly what they wanted out of it exactly and so yeah so there's you know there's definitely no hard feelings I I don't uh I don't hold anything against the Celtics like the players you know like a Tatum and those guys, but uh, Danny Ainge, I will never look. I I, I literally saw him. At I think a, Danny hates. I think Danny Loki kind of hates himself for that trade. Oh, dude, I saw him at a. Is it the facial reaction? I'll tell you from like the interview that they did like two weeks after that. I can tell that he kind of hated doing that trade. He hated the. I think it was more Jay Crowder than anything because I know Jay was someone that they actually wanted to build with. They wanted to keep him right before the trade or something as well. He, well, that was, yeah. But the thing so is, like, is that, yeah, that was, that was, that bad was timing. Just, that's just bad yeah, timing. Like it was, it was, it was just, let's pour. And honestly too, I mean, if Isaiah, to be completely honest, if Isaiah hadn't gone through the losing his sister and playing like he did and the emotion behind that and the, and you if know, he didn't have that playoff run, and if he didn't have that playoff run, that trade wouldn't have happened at all. That's no, the for sure. Part. For sure, and, and that's and that's what's crazy is that it's you know it, you take the you take those things away that emotion out of it you know, as you said and, you know there's a much different thing as far as uh, 
as far as being, you know, how I feel about it, you know, it's just, you know, I'm an emotional guy myself and to see when someone puts their heart and soul into something and to see how hard the dude had fought to finally find a home, you know, after being the underdog for so long for him to finally find a home and for it to get taken away from him, even though it was good business sense as you know, the NBA is a business. It was very tough. So, uh, yeah. So I, Brian, I appreciate I would say the same that. with Kyrie too. I would say that same exact thing for Kyrie too. Cause I think Kyrie was sick and tired of being second fiddle. And with the Celtics, the team was all, and it's kind of like, I'm not to branch off into like political science, but like <laughs> with Boston, it's an authoritative fashion. It's, that's it's the team before the player. Now, obviously, that mentality is going to change um, very soon because it's not going to fly with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But with someone like Kemba Walker, who is more low key, it kind of works out. But with Kyrie, he ha- he wants control of his situation, and I completely respect that. And that's all I get. Yep. And that was the same thing with Dwight Howard in Houston. He felt like he was going to be the, the. He felt like he was James Harden's. Just he literally felt like Lenny, probably. Not to make a Grapes of Wrath reference, but like he probably felt like Lenny to James Harden's George and didn't like that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Especially all the stupid fouls Dwight Howard was committing. Yeah. He had five fouls a night for like a month straight at one point. Yeah, I mean, there was, definitely, there was definitely a solid stretch with Dwight where he just didn't care, you know? Where like he was not playing to win, he was just playing to play. And that's always, yep. a, that's always a scary place to be. And Pierre, I know you know this, obviously. Like, yeah, that was just that was a tough spot. That team had had a lot of potential. If, if Dwight is the Dwight that we're seeing right now, or the Dwight we saw in Orlando, that's a uh, that team was very dangerous. So it's he uh, definitely gave up. He gave up on us a lot of nights, and it did yeah. piss me off. And also, and also under an underrated thought in the same breath, though, is that you guys also had Chandler Parsons when he cared. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, a lot of, well, some of those claims that, that first knee reasons. injury. That first knee injury was a freak injury. That second knee yeah. injury was I'm out of shape and I'm trying to do something athletic. Yeah, and then the car like, that was like Jimmy G. Like, that was like Jimmy G. Snapping his ACL the second one. That's like, bro, you're not, you're not, you're not working your lower core. Yeah, no, for sure. You're, you're, yeah, you're definitely not uh, working your. Uh, you're not taking your rehab as seriously as you should type stuff and you're pushing it too quick, you know? Like you gotta take your time. Yeah. And not to and actually, you know what's crazy? Like actually we'll branch off into this. So actually with with uh reform hooligans with some of the with soccer being back now for a month, um, in some leagues, actually Germany just wrapped up. With some of the restart going on there and some of the trends that I were able to pick up there, um, you know, some of the teams that are like younger, some of the younger teams in Germany really struggled. I noticed. And I wonder if that's going to be a trend to go in the NBA. Because remember the lockout in 2012? It wasn't that long ago. And I felt like Oklahoma City benefited because despite the fact they were a young team, they kept every single player from the team the year before. Am I correct? I think they were the only team to bring back every single 13 players that they had the year before. And Nick Collison was coming off that shoulder injury that he had, that surgery for the year before. And the lockout gave him just enough time to show up healthy. And Collison, that was like his last great season for Oklahoma City before he wore down. He got he got a he got a deal after that. He got his yeah. final deal, and he and they overpaid him his final his final deal because of that. But considering what they paid, how they underpaid him for a long time before that, no, for sure. Yeah, I'm saying he deserved the money for sure. But I mean, yeah. for for the production he was going to give after that, he definitely uh, yeah, he got paid out. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad how that ended for him because he's a stand up guy. And he was still playing like 20 25 minutes a night, so he was still doing everything for them too. Definitely. But you know that definitely going to see a lot. Yeah, but before you go, Pierre, that was just a trend that I picked up on. In England, it's kind of weird because like we've only like we're only four or five games in, and pretty much Liverpool already had the league, so England is kind of a wash. 
we're definitely going to see a lot of that. And it's going to be some rest. It's going to be some guys not in shape. And that's why I do applaud Oladipo. Take your time. Get healthy. And come back next year stronger. The only thing, though, is that contract. That contract scares me. Like For Oladipo? You know. Yes. I mean, if they max him. And I and I remember this is from the Agnes interview you guys did a couple weeks ago. Like yeah. Oladipo Max, I think could actually end up being a really bad contract. Yeah, it has potential because Oladipo in Indiana. Keep in mind the way he plays, right? So he's kind of a slasher. I know he kind of comes off as like a smooth like ISO scorer. That's not him though. He's more of an old school flasher, a slasher, not flasher, a slasher Definitely that has that good mid range jump shot. Because, I mean, he played for Tom Crean. You, you you can't shoot. You're not playing for Tom Crean. That's yep. that's facts. That's not even – look at his Marquette teams. Jimmy Butler didn't even start until he could shoot a jump shot. Yeah, same with the – I mean, it, you think about like a Dwayne Wade. I mean, you know he was looking at that game as well. You he know? was a point guard until he learned how to shoot. I'm just saying because he was a three-year <laughs> starter at Marquette. I remember him playing, being a point guard. And he, was, he used to never take a lot of shots his freshman and sophomore year at Marquette. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm really interested to see how, um, because yeah, and also, I mean, he just gets hurt so often at this point that it's you know, anytime a guy gets hurt, like Oladipo gets hurt, and you're trying to throw max money out. I mean, we're seeing how quickly that can turn. I mean, you know, lucky it, for it them. At all. Lucky for them, Brogdon's there, and Brogdon is sure. someone that I mean, if you if you need him to, I'm sure he can step up and and fill a void. Uh, they have Bogdanovich, which I'm, I would wonder. More? I would wonder if they're going to move him. If they were actually, are they, are they allowed to trade anybody? Bogdanovich is in Utah. Oh, that's right. So they did move him, and then Miles Turner. Miles Turner was actually it was Miles Turner they were going to move. And yeah, I, there's I a lot of Miles Turner rumors. Yeah, like I hear the Warriors. I mean, the Celtics have been wanting Miles to actually. So that they had they actually so that whole trade about the three lottery picks, that was not for Frank Kaminsky. That was for Miles Turner. Yeah. But it was the wrong that the report had the wrong picks, but it doesn't really matter. You don't trade three lottery picks for Miles Turner. Come on, Danny no. Ainge. No, no Danny Ainge would have been a very un Danny Ainge move right there. Much better than Justice Winslow, which was the original rumor I heard too. Uh, Man, yeah, that's not it. Never cared. <laughs> that's not it. Dude. Not a fan of Justice, although he's doing nice in Memphis. I want actually, you know, Memphis is an, is a, one of those young teams that we talk like Indiana. Indiana's got a lot of young guys too, actually. Now that I think about Sabonis. Sabonis is nice. Actually, you know, if I'm Indiana, I do anything in my power to keep Sabonis around. Yeah, he got the deal done. Yeah. yeah, they got the deal done because yeah, he's. I mean, I, he it blows me away how, uh, like how the fact he's an All Star and like the kind of season he had. I thought he was going to be a star, a low end starter, like the super. I thought he'd be the best in like a six man kind of role, and uh, and to watch him completely dominate people. I mean, obviously, you know the family tree. You know, it's you know it's in his blood, but. Yeah, to see him really put it together and stuff shocked the hell out of me. I did not think he had that. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, you get Oladipo and Sabonis in that uh, in that trade. <laughs> like, the, the fact they got both those guys is pretty nuts. Yeah, and actually, so there's uh, – I was paying attention to some – so John Hollinger, the athletic, tweeted out the other day. I think I posted on the group uh, chat. So CSK Moscow, because the Russian League season, I guess, is over, right? They didn't mm-hmm. really stop. So the good uh, Toko Shengelia – has been playing over in Russia for like 10 years, kind of like an Arvita Sabonis situation. And actually, the, the, some NBA teams have asked about him in the years past. So he's someone that, I mean, granted, I, I kind of agree with Hollinger. He could probably make more money waiting for next season to play in Europe. But I imagine like someone in the restart and, you know, he can come in, you know, maybe make a roster. 
you know, fill in a spot, maybe show if he can play in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, because there, there, there are going to be spots. There are going to be open spots, and they're going to be more and more as we get closer. More people are going to get COVID. Like the, the idea that they're going to keep the bubble tight, that's all well and good. But like, it's like they're going to keep popping up. So especially if the workers and stuff are not, uh, if the workers that are working in the resorts and stuff, if they are not in the bubble as well, then they're if they're going in and out, it's there's going to be more COVID cases, and so guys are going to get it, you know pretty close up to the season so it's going to be interesting to see how teams fill it's just going to be a weird i've never seen such a unique situation the fact that it's basically a full-on scramble to see hey are we in shape do we have the guys we need we're traveling we're all going to this neutral site you know we're playing an empty gym you know we're playing for a legitimate nba championship and it's and it's going to be such a such a weird vibe just to see because we think right now we know the bucks are good we know the lakers are good we know clippers are good there's a lot of great you know decent teams celtics and yet we don't have no clue if those teams that we saw before the before COVID hit are going to show up. And it's going to be so, – I'm so excited to see if these teams can pick up where they left off or if they struggle. And if, it, and if the younger teams understand how, uh, unlike any other season before this, they are at a complete even split, way closer to an even split as far as their chances at sneaking around and maybe getting a ring out of this. You know, if they come in motivated and they understand that, you know, yeah, it's about as neutral as you can get right now. You know, that's who true. knows what could come. I mean, and that's why the NBA is trying to push for Zion to be in the playoffs so bad. Um, I mean, it just proves what I've always felt about the NBA for years, where they'll totally – they won't – I won't, now, for people that say the NBA is fixed, I think you people are crazy. Now, yeah, I used to be <laughs> I used to be in that, in that cult, so I want to apologize. But I will say that the NBA is definitely manipulated. Sure, yeah. That's and the fair. NBA draft lottery is my witness. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, the I, draft have old, I have old dudes in Boston telling me that Patrick Ewing's dad told David Stern, I want my son playing in New York. Frozen envelope, man. I don't know if that was a serious thing, but I wouldn't screw with Patrick Ewing or his dad. So that's. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've seen pictures of them side by side, and then I heard John Sally's story of, uh, of how Patrick Ewing used to play in high school in Cambridge. Uh, let me tell you, man. No, absolutely not. I'm not messing with Patrick Ewing. <laughs> yeah, imagine having a deal with a with a 17, 18 year old Patrick Ewing, man. That would have been insane, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be destroying kids, man. He went to high school in Cambridge. Cambridge, Mass. That's crazy, wow. man. Cambridge, Ridge, and Latin. Yep. That's wild. I didn't know that he was. Basically, was he from there, or did he just go to school there? He went. To, he's from Cambridge, and he went to school in Cambridge. In fact, oh, the wow. three before wow. his final four colleges. He wore Georgetown because of John Thompson, because mm-hmm, JT sure. had the ties to Red Auerbach, and Ewing admired a lot of those teams. Um, I think ha- BU and BC were one of the – well, BC just was in the Big East, and then BC, their coach got fired because of the uh, the fixing situation. I don't know if you guys remember the the, the game fixing, 30 for 30 from BC. Yeah, that yeah. was what prevented Patrick Ewing from going to BC. He was That's the centerpiece. He was a centerpiece of that, and actually, people believe that an assistant coach by the name of Rick Patino was the snitch. Ooh. Oh, it makes he sense hated. Now. He hated Boston College, circle. by the way. Walking he hated Boston he Providence. He coached Providence to a Final Four with Billy Donovan. So. Yeah, man, that's a, that's totally wild, actually. <laughs> that's I didn't know that Ewing basically grew up in Boston and then became a New York legend. You know, that's uh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. well not the first yeah, time. Took Wade, like the '90s, New York just had a lot of Boston guys. Like they took Roger Clemens, they took Wade Boggs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then, they took, wow. then they took Pedro. Well, actually, no, Pedro went there. He got paid. I can't blame Pat for Pedro. 
I'm not getting <laughs> okay. mad at Pedro for going to the Mets. I, I can't hate the Mets. I won't hate the Mets. Jose Reyes. I still have a Jose Reyes shirt somewhere around here. So, no, I'm not hating on him. Edwin Diaz is there now. Robinson Cano is there now. So True. You know, and also, they, they, handed, they handed us Jared Kalenic, who's about to be the best Mariner of all time. But, uh, also, too, what do you guys think about the Chicago bubble they're trying to put together? Yeah, that's a stupid idea. No, that's that's that the dumbest thing in the world. Uh, it's pretty interesting. What are we doing? Not in a good way. Just let, let, yeah, them, let them have an offseason. What are we doing? <laughs> like, they need an offseason. Like, 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 let's let it be. You know what I mean? Like, why try to get all these teams together? You're seeing how hard it is in Florida. Why would right. you then try to do it in another very populated city like Chicago? Try to make it work. I, you got to do more testing. You're, you're literally just going out of your way to make it harder for yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, like, focus everything on Orlando. Adam Silver it. needs to stop watching the Premier League on NBC and stop thinking that he can create the Premier League and the NBA because no. Oh, I can do that. That's it's what he's saying. Man. Also, too, it's different, man. In soccer, you are outside. If and the NBA gets an FA Cup, I'm done. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's going to be done. I'm done. Doing I'm done with Adam shit. Silver. Like, he's worse than David Stern at that point. That would be awful. Yeah, that would not be that would not be it. Hopefully, he does not he does not do. I think that. Chris Paul. I will literally call Chris Paul myself and be like, you, "You're going to say no to this. Say no to yeah. this, Chris Paul. Don't you dare bend, man." Yeah, yeah, that is a yeah. I hope like it's it's so weird they're trying to push for this. I just don't understand the positives of it. I mean, if you like, had it at like Boston, like if you had like Boston, Providence, New Haven, New York, right? The four like northeastern cities that the yeah. COVID cases are going down. That makes a little bit of sense. Plus, I mean, if you really think about it, the Garden, yeah, you have both the Madison Square and the Boston Garden, two really classic basketball arenas that can fill in maybe fifteen to 20,000 people. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you could have made it work or at least just let the teams play in their own homes, but, like, figure out transportation or make, like, hubs for each of the divisions. Let the divisions finish off the season where they are, and then that's it. I don't know. Maybe you just have, like, teams play 10 games and then these 10 teams play each other and then finish it. Like, that's the only way this is going to work. Otherwise, they need to have one hub, and you clearly can't have it in Florida. You can't have it in Texas. And, well, I mean, no offense to California, but California is just, like, it's own No, I mean, California, it's, like, its own world. Like, it's not – you can't compare you can't it Like, I try to tell people on the East Coast, like, California and Texas, you can't compare anything to California and Texas. That's that's a whole different dynamic that we can't even understand. Not for sure. Yeah, and honestly now, yeah, I I just don't – yeah, I don't get why they're going to try to do this. Like, if you look at what the European soccer teams have done, right, they kept everything the way it was before. And actually, to be honest, I don't think there's been any hiccups. No, they've been totally fun, but it, it's easier to do. You're outside. The pitch is gigantic. You're in wide open air. It's, you know, things are a lot easier to control in the, if you're not in a small Call inside Fat Joe. arena. Call Fat Joe and open up Rucker Park. <laughs> oh, in a heartbeat, dude. He'd be on it in a Harris heartbeat. Squad dude. concert. Let's get Remy Ma and Papoose there. Let's just let, let's get, <laughs> get a, let's a Terror, get a terror, terror squad, squad reunion. Yes. NBA championship yeah. sponsored by Terror Squad. Yep. Right. Oh, sure Rock Nation can get involved in it. I mean, we have uh, like we have football arenas. Like you can play it in Jersey, for example, MetLife. You can put a basketball court. They play Final Fours in football arenas. Yeah. Oh yeah, they could definitely pull it off. Yeah, the it's idea they're creative. going to they're trying to put everything into the smallest possible cage is not going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully it works out. Hey, also, did you guys hear about? Uh, Kendrick Perkins saying that Tim Duncan isn't the first team Hall of Famer. <laughs> Mr. Fight, sure. Mr. Fight. 
Where's the fight in the fight? The, I mean, I, I've, I've wrecked Kendrick Perkins on this show. I've destroyed him for just like being so ignorant in these situations. This is one of those things where it's like, hey, man, like you don't think this. You know, you just don't, you don't, you don't think this sometimes it's like, okay, well maybe, you know, like, Hey, maybe, you know, he's, he, he really believes what he's saying. If it's not too crazy, this is just one of those things Like we're talking about potentially the best power forward of all time. And you don't yep. think he's a guy who probably destroyed you even in his old age. Yes. Uh, you know, numerous times just, just broke you on the block with those gigantic, ugly Adidas on moving <laughs> it, moving at a mile an hour and a half. And he destroyed you. And you're going to act like he's not a Hall of Famer. It's like this this whole idea of these old Celtics. And I'm sorry, Brian. Paul Pierce and Kendrick Perkins are these crazy fucking Well, it takes. started with Rondo <laughs> going at Chris Paul. So if Rondo yeah. didn't start beef with Chris Paul, this whole thing doesn't happen. I want you That's to true. That is true. Because Rondo true. gave Perkins all his wings. They roomed together every single road yeah. trip. They were boys. They That's were in so each other's weddings and all this stuff. So let's. I'm going to blame Rajon Rondo a little bit because I love Rondo. But Rondo oh, also. So Rondo's the culprit. Okay. Rondo, Rondo was always the culprit. Rondo had issues with Doc Rivers. Rondo had issues with sure. Ray Allen. Uh, I mean, Kendrick Perkins had a little issue with KG, which he admitted early on as well. And KG actually told the story on uh, All the Smoke. So if you guys need the story, KG talks about it in the 15-minute mark. I even have nice. the exact mark for you guys because I watched the interview again the other day. I was watching <laughs> so the interview the other day because I was, I was trying to get like a Kevin – I was trying to tell my coworker a Kevin Garnett story. And it was actually about Kendrick Perkins because he just keeps tweeting stupid stuff. But with Perk, like, yeah. it, it's getting to the point where I wish Al Jefferson stayed in Boston and not Al Jefferson and not Kendrick. Like, yeah, man, on, it, it's just getting to a point, man, where it's like, you know, you say this kind of stuff. And of course, of course, the, what he wants is for us to talk about it. And I get that. I understand it's the ESPN way of things. He's in the Rob Parker. He's in the Rob Parker school of trolling. I get it. Yeah, we, we understand how Disney works around here and what they're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's definitely just getting to a point now where it's like, man, I, I, you know, we're so beyond me ever taking this guy seriously with anything he says. Like this is a boy cried wolf situation. I mean, look at Pierce. Uh, it's crazy. I'll do Paul Pierce too. It's a. Uh, it's. I mean, it's getting guys, to the point where I want Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson on TV, twenty four hours a day talking. I would about love it, it. I, because at least we're getting yeah, real. At least we're getting real thoughts and comments. We're getting actual life thoughts. lessons too, mind you. Yeah, we're learning things, and we're actually getting people who respect the the game and respect respects the truth that, that it can be found in it. You know, the fact that these guys, that these guys are just, you know, barking and whatever they feel like barking. And it's just like, there's no, there's no substance to it. You know, Steven it's, Jackson, it's, another guy, one of my favorite players growing up. Love him, dude. Oh, like, love talked about that shot with Bobcats team. I remember the exact game he's talking about that 45 point game was against the Knicks that him and Gerald Wallace went off and Gerald Wallace got elected to the all-star game that same night. Oh, dude, Gerald Wallace is a beast, man. Talk about a slasher. Too, yeah. Go Talk about a slasher, a guy who would literally just put his head down and run straight at the rim, and there's nothing you could do. There's like there was no way to stop him. It was Plus Raymond it's, Felton too was on that team. He was the point guard. Ray Felton, Adam Morrison was on that team probably. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> playing two minutes a night. Yeah, the great, the great Adam Morrison. Yeah, uh. like, just just crazy. And actually, so. Um, Speaking of, since this is kind of a New England show, because I really don't want to talk about Kendrick Perkins anymore. Um, I'm done with Kendrick <laughs> Perkins. Um, so let's I'm give a UCon- Speaking of UConn as well with Kendrick, uh, Ken- Kemba Walker, Maya Moore. Let's give her a yes. shout out. The Dude, finest yes. husky, the finest husky of them all, on and off the court. True. That's yeah, hundred percent true. Yeah, the fact that she uh, she just got uh, a man out of jail. She's been working on this for a long time. She's missed uh, you know uh, two NBA, uh, WNBA seasons. Or is going to miss her second one coming up. Um, 
yeah, to get that guy out of jail. I mean, I mean, she was on the social justice train. We've said this like way before anyone else. And mm-hmm. people were looking at her like she was crazy. They're scratching their heads going, wow, you're going to give yep. up. You're one of the best players in basketball. You already have a couple people titles. You she keep has winning. the endorsement money. Like people yeah. forget she has the endorsement money. She set herself nice. Jordan. Yeah. Yep. What's well, the thing? Is, is it in, – in, these women have been having to do that for a long time. They've had to get money overseas. They've had to, I mean, we saw the issues with Brianna Stewart in her last game overseas. She blew out her, uh, blew her Achilles uh, last year, you yeah. know, and couldn't play and, and couldn't play the whole season. It's, you know, and these women have had to stack their, their coins. And if they're doing it right, they know what they're doing. And Maya Moore is no exception considering she's the best, the best of them. So the fact that she, yep. you know, has seen returns and all the hard work that she's put in, to this cause way before anyone else. And like I said, way before anyone was taking it seriously, as far as, you know, the idea that you like, now we're talking about Kyrie and all these guys talking about not wanting to play uh, because they're afraid of the optics of things, you know, given, given what take away from the movement. And we have Maya Moore who, you know, didn't give a shit about Literally. that a couple years Literally. ago and said, no, you know, you know, yeah. Could I win a title this year? Of course. Am I going to be, could I be an MVP? Of course. And she said, you know what, this man's life who's been wrongly, wrongly convicted matters more. And now we're seeing the returns on that. I'm really happy. I'm really happy to see that because you, know, you put that much time and work into something. It's great to see it work out. And I don't know if you, can, you guys can look up the video of uh, she's there when he's released. Yeah, I, think I, read, I read the article. Yeah, I read the article on it. Just yeah. the joy that I've seen from her was all I needed to see. She's really – that is, like, amazing what she did. An epitome of what a, you know, a, a athlete that's – um, not going to play and do what she did is phenomenal. Now she can get back. Well, I'm sure there's more that she wants to do. I don't think she's going to get back, especially like the, the when they uh, bring the season back. I don't think she's going to be back. Oh no, not this season. Maybe the I'm fall. Season, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was just it was amazing, man. And I just I was like, wow, yes, this. And it, what 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 made it so much more uh, exciting and what made me proud. She did this on her own. Like mm-hmm. it didn't have to take anything major for her to stop and want to do it. She did it last year, and like you said, Ryan, we, we I even was one of them. Was like, what the hell, Maya Moore? You got Simone Augustus over there with you. Like y'all can be a factor. I was too. I, I, I was the same way. I, I definitely was like, wow, like that's you know she must really really care about that. That's crazy. And it's so it, looking back, that's you know that's such an ignorant thing to, to consider. Knowing you know where our heads are now on this on social issues and stuff and how right in front of us it all is and how aware we everyone is uh but yeah it's crazy to think that then we were like wow that's weird she would do that and now you know i just hope she gets the credit that she deserves you know for being a pioneer in the movement that we're in right now she was so far ahead of the game i really hope that she as time goes on she definitely gets the credit that she's due uh you know in the same league as these men that are taking this uh similar you know taking similar stances um, when, she, when she was doing it way before they were yeah i mean and keep in mind like in, in in basketball too like i think a lot of these guys in the nba are really guys that do really get involved because a lot of them came from the similar background of the fans that adore them. And I think that's something that also I see in soccer as well. And, you know, guys like Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, um, Didier Drogba. So obviously, you know, that's, that's different and there's a different identity and there's more of a nationalistic aspect of it in Europe because of the way soccer is structured, not because of the way society is. So that's a whole different angle with the United States. Like 
because of these communities and, and the sport and the athletics are such a crucial and we're seeing it because look, I mean, in Boston, for example, like all the bars are on the garden. Like just imagine what the Bruins and the Celtics at this point of the year, like, you know, that they would have had the, uh, maybe a Stanley cup, maybe an NBA conference finals. Yeah, no, very true. You know, like that's what it is. Like these places are rocking. And even when visiting fans come in, like that's money coming in. So it's, there's a more of a, is a more of a political aspect to it and never mind. And even in college basketball too, staying with UConn too, like, you know, Maya Moore does this great thing, but let's actually keep on the UConn subject. Cause this is something that Chris Ransom and I talked about yesterday when we talked about UConn football, cause UConn's back in the big East as of July 1st. Really? That's oh, wow. right. Yeah. Cause they left the AAC cause the media contract the AAC got wasn't what UConn wanted and they wanted more uh, flexibility to schedule better opponents. So for them, like Syracuse, BC, those were teams that they weren't able to get games with because of the amount of conference games. This also helps basketball, especially women's basketball, because I feel like UConn has been stuck in a scheduling abyss, um, especially on the women's side of things uh, and on the men's side of things too, actually, because, well, I mean, they're stuck in that conference limbo because of what happened with those schools in the old big East that jumped to the ACC. Yeah. 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 You're very right about the women's team, especially. I mean, we're talking about a team that's perennially uh, top two, top three in the in the country for the last like, you know, 10, 15 years. So it's like we're you know, they definitely uh, need to get the best scheduled opponents possible. You know, you don't want to see these these women play like any sort of cupcake type games. Uh, these easy these easy wins all the time uh, because they're already doing that naturally against decent opponents. So right. you want to see them play the best that they can play. And then UConn's operating on a big budget deficit as well. Now, keep in mind, some schools have been able to get, I think they're $28 million in the red as an athletic department, which Ooh. I don't know how that can even happen when you wild. have, yeah. I mean, it's not, but then again, look, UConn isn't like Boston College, where Boston College, for example, six years ago was in a very similar financial predicament. The UCLA athletic director that just got hired actually was from Boston College. But before that, he was at Ohio State. He was able to leave BC with a $40 million surplus. Now, keep in mind, Boston College's probably most prominent sport is probably hockey. Ooh. I mean, football, they have their guys. Don't get me wrong. They have more than enough NFL talent, but that's a hockey school. Yeah, no, that's fair. So that's really what it comes – and keep in mind the alumni base. Like, UConn doesn't have that alumni. As much as they have great women's players, they have great men's basketball players, they have some good baseball talent, they have – but they don't have the alumni base that those other schools do. And that's why I think with college football, like, and even college basketball, actually, like that's going to be an issue. That's going to be uh, a problem. And I think like some of these players that get recruited going to certain schools, like that's going to be a factor. No, I think you're very right. That. Well, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was, no, was going to lead into it as well. Uh, just the fact talking about um, the NCAA kind of quickening their boots a little bit. Uh, yeah. five-star prospect maker maker. Uh, who is the cousin of Thon Maker? Yes, uh, he uh, committed to be uh, to play at Howard University in HBCU, which is uh, he's the first hey, to do it. There's hey, been a lot of talk about it. A lot of guys have said that they you know are considering a lot of these younger kids, especially that are uh, recruiting or getting recruited right now, have you know put the put uh, HBCUs in their top five have talked about it, and it's great to see this kid make the jump. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys go to the uh, G League uh, and avoid the Blue Blood schools and giving, you know, 
uh, giving their brand away for free to the NCAA to make millions off of them. The fact that we're seeing uh, Maker Maker do this uh, and go to an HBCU is gigantic. Uh, it's it's just as big as the first kid going to the G League um, for different reasons. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think it sets a, an outrageously positive precedent going forward, especially as the world is, uh, you know, more adjusted to this movement. Uh, uh, yeah. And understanding also the NCAA is just, you know, is just another big corporation taking money away from you. Uh, you know, it, you know, either go make your money in the G league or go represent a university that actually, uh, represents you in the, in the correct way, like Howard would for maker. Absolutely. And Pierre, did you want to go anything before I uh, make a good point? I just want to say this is huge for HBCUs everywhere. Absolutely. We thought Mikey, I thought Mikey Williams was going to be the first one. And Maker Maker comes out and he changed the game. He clearly and was inspired. Fact, Mikey inspired him, yeah, obviously. For sure. yeah. Yeah. So I just want to propose a question to you both. You guys think we'll see this more? Yes. Because this right here, this is great. Yes. Yeah, I'll explain why. I'll explain why. Riley, do you want to go? Because oh uh, yeah, real quick, no, I, you know, I, yeah, wholeheartedly, I think that the kids are going to continue to do that, um, especially kids that maybe they don't, ha- maybe if they don't have the talent to go to the G League, uh, you know, like that level of talent to go to there. I mean, Maker Maker is not the one of those kids. He obviously could have done the same thing, but to see, you know, these kids, you know, they just don't want to. They, they now know who's going to represent them the best and who has their best interests at heart. And a place like and these HBCUs are the places uh, that will do that. So, yes, I do think that's going to continue. And shout out to Mikey Williams for inspiring uh, kids as a sophomore in high school or just going into a sophomore year, I think, or whatever it is. And it's like he's already inspiring these uh, these older kids above him uh, to make these kind of decisions. So it's great to see young black men inspiring other young black men. That's a beautiful thing. Now, there's a model that already exists in college sports that actually works for that conference. And trust me. They run things their way, and they always get their way, and that's the Ivy League. Um, that's what the HBCU should be replicating. I've said this on It's to Say W. I've said this in TSDN. I've said this for years. I remember saying this in Mayhem, too. And actually, I was going to do a whole podcast on this. I was going to reach out to somebody um, in the intellectual sphere that actually would explain this a lot more uh, in depth than I could. But the way he explained it to me was, look at what the Ivy League did in the 60s when they saw college football and college basketball commercializing and manipulating those athletes instead of grooming them to be men and to be men and women also. And that was another thing, because female athletics, the Ivy League supported it, but the rest of college sports couldn't. The only problem is the Ivy League couldn't find competition outside of their own league to have them, so they didn't make a league for women's. But imagine that. The Ivy League wanted women's college sports as early as the 50s. I did not know that. Yeah, crazy. I think it was Brown, actually. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean, you see the Ivy League; they've always, uh, you know, gone by. They take care of their guys. They take care of their guys, for the most part. No, for sure. And I would love to see. I would love to see HBCUs like take the same route, especially as they start to garner more, uh, more talent and more. You know, I mean, if a guy, you know, a guy like Maker Maker, I mean, you know, we're going to see Howard University game. We're going to see at least one or two of their games in primetime somewhere. You know, we're, we're going to start seeing these uh, HBCUs make some money and be able to see and be able to get these kids on. You know, people want to see these kids play. So it's definitely going to help them out a lot. And I think it's it's beneficial. It's mutually beneficial all around for everyone. So honestly, I think the more money you can take out of the NCAA's pocket, uh, you're taking away from these kids or not allowing these kids to prosper off of their own um, images. I think that it's uh, it's a beautiful thing we're seeing. And I, like like I said, it's we're going to look back on this as a monumental day. Oh, yeah. Um, as a monumental uh, move uh, uh, in the in this in this space. Now they need a TV deal. Yeah, for sure. That's the next, I mean, look at the big, even the Big East. 
Like, I mean, we all saw that 30 for 30, right? I mean, Bob Ryan even said it. He goes, in 1975, if you, if you told them that 10 of the most prominent 30 basketball programs in 1995 were all from the Big East, you would, you would have been smacked in the face. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. In 1995, 10 of the 30 best Big East programs. The Big East didn't exist in 1975. So just think of that. Like, I mean, HBCUs could be in a position where I think football is going to be a bigger um, test for them. I think basketball is a sport I think the HBCUs can definitely have. It's a, it's a placeholder. I think football will be the where they can sustain the message. Yeah, because obviously that's, with football, yeah. that's three years for the time being, at least. And I mean, baseball, you're not going to, it doesn't look like baseball is going to ever get that clientele back for the no, HBCUs. No, baseball, baseball, baseball is way behind on that. Yeah. Yeah. And the schools don't have the funding to keep these programs alive. And as much as I'd love to see HBCU hockey, I would totally endorse it. I would love to play by play that if it were possible. But, um, you know, it's just that that's not, I think basketball is the easiest sport to use to get its catapult. But I think football is where it will be sustainable. No, and I fully agree with that. I think that, yeah. Plus with the bands too. It's oh, gonna yeah, be like sure. watching Ohio State every week. Great band, that's, great that's football. Totally true. Great, yeah, I mean that's a whole basketball. other ball game. That's a whole other part of the competition that you know. Especially talk about something you can put on TV. I mean, people get so excited when you see marching bands do this stuff. I mean, let alone them going against each other in a very serious way. That'd be right. absolutely amazing TV. Uh, it would, yeah, be a beautiful thing. But yeah, you're very right. The sustainability of having these kids, you know, to have a big time prospect go to an HBCU or a you know multiple prospects going to multiple HBCUs to see. Uh, yeah, to see them grow and to see, yeah, you're definitely right. You're going to see a lot of big money come out of that um, and go to HBCU. So, yeah, the, the faster they can get a TV deal, the better. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, Big be East was lucky deal. that some company in uh, Bristol, Connecticut was looking to get a start and took a risk. Yeah, yeah it took a risk. I on think them. with YouTube, actually, if I were HBCU, <laughs> I would contact YouTube and I would get a deal. That <laughs> yeah, would no, be not deal. a bad idea at all, man. Well, honestly, easy to you know do, what? Easy to get stream. exposure and you know you have a young audience. Yeah. Yeah. For I sure, agree. yeah. The, the the young audiences that, that is the most excited about these moves, uh, or, or they are the ones ex- most excited about this move uh, for makers. So yeah, that would definitely be. And then an NCAA video game, and then an NCAA video game. I would oh, love that. I'm yes. so much. You know, we get Mikey Williams on the cover in 2022 NCAA, compatible with 2K. So we don't need these imported draft classes made by these like ridiculously like. No, we need the real draft classes. Like I want to play my dynasty mode and move it over to my NC my to my two K dynasty, like I I'm used to be able to do fifteen years ago with JJ Redick on the cover. Yeah, it'd be easy to do. Ah, it will be easy to do, and it's great that you brought up two K because to close out this amazing show that has been going on, NBA two K has released two cut well three covers really. The Damian Lillard cover, which is for the current PS4 and Xbox One. Then we got the Zion Williamson cover, which is for the next-gen PS5 and the Xbox One X. And we also got a very touching cover in Kobe Bryant. That is both for the current-gen and the next-gen. I don't we all saw this coming with Kobe, but Zion... I think we all a little bit were on the fence about it. A lot of people say, oh, it should have been John Morant. A lot of people felt like it could have been Luka Doncic or Jason Tatum or who have you. But Zion, come on, guys. We, I mean, we there have been some it. questionable Madden covers over the years. I mean, yeah. they, Madden put Peyton Hillis on the cover, yeah. 
That was the biggest Although, one. Although, I'll be honest, though. I loved VY being on the cover, though. I'm a VY guy. I like Vince Young. So, I didn't mind yeah, Vince Young. That's, yeah, that that's yeah. fair, yeah. No, honestly, yeah. Although I, I was think a little mad when Texas beat USC back in the day. I'm still a little mad about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think it's Zion. I mean, I think it, the people are upset. And it sucks because it just puts so much pressure on this kid. Uh, you know, he's only played 19 games. You could have put anybody on the cover who's played more than 19 games in the NBA, and it would have made sense. Not, no well, the honest so, they put on this year. I mean, they could yeah. have put uh, – actually, with the shortened year. You know what? I kind of get it from – I mean, Zion's probably the fourth or fifth most marketable player in the NBA behind yeah, Bob already. two or three. And then even if you wanted – I would say even – like other than Curry, Durant, LeBron, and maybe like – Actually, yeah, Zion might be the fourth most marketable player yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and also, too, what's great, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm like I said, I hope that the pressure just doesn't get to this kid. I mean, they're putting so much pressure on him to be so great. And luckily in the short uh, stuff that we – the short amount that we saw him, he was showing that, which is great. And what I was worried about coming back from this break was that he was going to be out of shape because um, that's what everyone was so worried about before. And I don't know if you guys have seen the photos of him right now. Looks like he but, worked I mean, out with Cam Newton in Carolina. Yeah, man. He, looks, he, he looks ripped ripped up yeah. and, 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 and he looks light more importantly and, yeah. and anything any weight he has on him is muscle that he already had anyway so like the fact that he's slimmed down and he seems to be in great shape that's bad news for the nba right now like that's what bad was he, news 265 when he showed up at duke yeah something so like now that he's, yeah. if he can get down to two, 235 two, i think i think um i think i think riley said 235 240 at one point was a perfect weight for him yeah, because right there, because he's gonna be huge. He has big hips. He's uh, you know, he's naturally big bodied. Like so, he's gonna carry some weight. It's about turning all of it as all of it you can possibly turn into muscle, and so yep. keeping him keeping him cut. And then he's gonna be a monster because you can't have a lot of weight on those knees. But I mean, you know, his body's he's gonna put a lot of weight on the knees. There's yeah, if he puts a lot of weight, if those knees bear out, he's Oliver Miller by the time he's thirty. For sure, for Ooh, sure. Oliver Miller was a freak of nature too. By the way, yeah. He was, yeah. So that's definitely Alvin uh, Robinson never get their love, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Very right. Yeah. No, but yeah, so I definitely, hope, uh, I definitely hope that he he just balls out because I love watching him. I, one of the worst parts about COVID when it came to the NBA was like I, I was really loving watching Zion play, especially so. with Ingram and Lonzo. Oh yeah, and Lonzo was starting to feel like Ingram obviously was an all star, and then Lonzo was being comfortable. He he was very comfortable playing with Zion and Bi. Well, they got Julie Okafor down there too, right? Yeah, he's in there too. Yeah, so to see, I was such a critic of Okafor from the start, but now I feel so terrible because his career turned same, out that way. Same, yeah, now now I'm just I'm just glad he's on a roster and stuff. Right. Yeah. He's a tough matchup out. for he's a tough matchup in the playoffs. By he the is. way, he's a, he's a very tough matchup. When we're talking about guys. We're talking about the Lakers having to deal with their height and whatnot. Uh, Julia Okafor could kill him in the post. <laughs> like, like the one thing he can do is he can kill you in the post. So another another thing they have to worry about. But yeah, to see Lonzo too just come into his own. You know, he didn't have to be – I know he's the number two pick. He doesn't have to be a star. He just has to play great defense like he does and get guys the ball and then hopefully hit some shots when he's open. But, yeah, him playing as the third guy to B.I. and uh, and, and, uh, and Zion is the perfect place for him. He's finally comfortable without the spotlight on him as much. It's going to be exciting to see, guys. Especially, I mean, this whole Pelicans team, I'm just excited. Um, they have pressure. But they don't have pressure because of that easy-ass schedule they have. Yeah, they do have the easiest schedule. <laughs> that schedule's easy, man. They should be able to win five games at least. They should, yeah. Oh, and also, hey, real quick, shout-out Dame also. Dame is also on the cover as well. Uh, yes. 
Yeah. Uh, they should have put that. You know what should be on the cover for Dame is that shot that he hit over Chandler Parsons. That no. one's nuts. No, Brian. <laughs> that one's Why pretty Chandler nuts. Parsons? <laughs> Honestly, and, and there's a, there's an argument that after that shot. That's Chandler's Chandler, fault. That's not the Rockets' fault. No, no, that's I, actually, I've that's actually so many, I have a lot of friends that are Rockets fans, and they go, no, that's Chandler Parsons' fault. I don't take blame for the Rockets. I, know, I, I, I swear. So I've, I've literally come to terms with the fact that we saw – that was the moment that Chandler Parsons stopped caring about NBA basketball. He was Craig Elo. Yeah, his 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 <laughs> mindset after that completely shifted. And I mean it's not his fault he got hurt after that, but I think his mindset on, you know, just getting the check and getting out of there, I think that I think that created that for him. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go get so, 90 million somewhere else. Yeah, and he did, you know, now he just chills <laughs> and he's having a good time. But yeah, I think that shot, we can trace it back. That's the moment he decided, yeah, I don't I don't care about this anymore. Yeah, and then oh, and then a football comparison to that would be Super Bowl forty two. Eli's throw to Plexico Burris because Ellis Hobbs stumbled on the second step on his second backpedal, and Plexico beat him. We literally Eli threw it after Ellis slipped. Point six seconds into the play, that, that game was over right there. Yeah, man. Tough great times, moment. Man. Great moment as a New England not Patriots fan. Wonderful time in my life. Let me tell you. you know, Brian, was, we don't talk about the Patriots on this show. No, we won't. Uh, I will clown them on this show. I will that's clown fine. them anytime I want. That's great. Yeah, that's fine. You can clown them all you want. If there's any sort of uh, any sort of New England positivity, we uh, we we don't we don't do that here. Uh, the, well, no. them losing Super Bowl forty two was a great moment. Yeah, well, they've also yeah. they also won some, so yeah, they won too many. Stolen one from somebody around here, but we're not gonna. Oh, hey, real quick, <laughs> hey, before before we get out of here, before we get out of here, I just need to say something real quick. Shea Gilgis Alexander, great young man. Oh yeah, great player. Uh, Sean Lowry has has been hyping this guy up for a long time. It's your son. It was twelve. It was the twelve year anniversary of the Sonics uh, leaving Seattle. Uh, and a couple days ago, or yesterday, and this young man decided to see. So obviously, saw an edit that he was sent of um, the old ninety five ninety six uh, Seahawks or Seahawks jersey, uh, Sonics jerseys, um, and he said, "Hey, can we bring this back?" And I just want to say, absolutely not, young man. No way. <laughs> he needs to learn something real quick. Sean's got to educate. They play the game in him. Seattle. Absolutely crazy. No, no. Even then, absolutely not. That Seattle owns the name. Okay, they own true, the name. True. Okay, true. so they could not put it on the jersey, and they own the colors as well. So no way they cannot touch that. I, uh, maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he's ignorant to it. But absolutely not. <laughs> I would not see it I, if they even thought to try to work it out like that. I hope the city of Seattle would just send up, you know, middle fingers. So just a, just a photocopy of you know of Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, you know, just holding up middle fingers in their old age, just saying no way. Riley said, "No way, no how." <laughs> well, hopefully, we're that. getting closer. Hopefully, we're getting a little closer to a Seattle team. We're getting there, Brian. We're getting there. <sighs> Optimism. Five years. Optimism. Like the stadium deal. So that's good. Yep. Hey, we seen the hockey team to get a name and uh, get that going. They put they put that Seattle off for a full year at this point. Seattle Kraken put the liquor on the jersey. I'm down, I'm down baby. And I always they let, they let the, the Russian area. teams put vodka on the jerseys. So. Yeah. Let's embrace some things, you know. Yeah, I think I see what team is. There's a second division hockey team in Russia that has Rubinov as a sponsor. I'm not kidding. Yeah. You. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love it. Wow. Well, also, real quick, I might offend some of you. I might not. I really don't care. But we were talking about the covers. This Kobe Bryant cover is phenomenal. However, 2K, 
if you do not donate proceeds to Kobe's family, you guys are manipulating and cash grabbing us. Well, does the Mamba Foundation know. exist, or did that name get changed? I thought that. It, was- I don't. I don't know, but I'm just saying. I feel like the family should get some type of no. I monetary. I mean, the, the for, fam- for this. family monetary monetarily is fine as long as they're donating money to some sort of charity involved. The, the family doesn't need the money. They, they got paid out. She, I mean, they just got two hundred million just recently from uh, Kobe's steak and body armor, the drink. Uh, he put in a cool like five mil, I think, a few years ago, and now it's worth two hundred million. They just got that payout not too long ago. I mean, they're, financially, they are fine. They're, they're, they're going to well, be sure. set for a long, long time. Um, they need to donate to from an, ethics standpoint, from an ethics standpoint, if the Mamba Foundation is by that name, I don't know if that was part of the name change that Vanessa was talking about after the death. Yeah. I know she alluded to something like that. But, like, why not put it into something like that? Or actually, what 2K should do is put it in youth basketball around the country. Yeah. Thank you. That's Thank what you. would be happening. Because yeah, I'll tell you, that there is a lot of uh, potential. And actually, something that the Hall of Fame has been working as, as a charity for a long time. I forget the name of it, but it's based out of Springfield, so obviously I've heard of it. But put that money to charity. That's all I ask. That's yeah, it. like something. What's the Hall of Fame? Like you know, do, you do, have to you give back I mean, to the game. Give back to if, the game. If not, if not, it seems like you're capitalizing on the dead, and I don't like that. Yeah, for I like sure. the cover, but I ask this question to a lot of my friends, and I'm going to ask you guys as well, and all the listeners out there. If Kobe Bryant hadn't died, would we would we would we have got this cover? No, no, no. So do do the right thing, too, okay? That's all I ask. But I feel like you know what would have been a cover though this year. So speaking that he's probably getting in the Hall of Fame is maybe Garnett, maybe a flashback Garnett cover, like a 2001 Minnesota type of cover. Well, here's the thing, actually, is it is it. Sick. Is that they could have done? I mean, they could have done. Kobe could have been on it if they were doing the Hall of Fame thing. With the, isn't it him, True. Duncan, and Garnett? Isn't that True. the three? Actually, yeah, they could have found a way to put. They could have done that the for cover. sure. Like they, they could have done that. So yeah. So Pierre, to answer your question, if he hadn't have died, then yes, I think that they could have done that if they did the Hall of Fame situation um, for those three, those three amazing players. But no, I mean, honestly, if if they, if they weren't doing that, then no, obviously he would not have been. So yeah, I, I, yeah. Ryan and I both we definitely stand with you in the sense that yeah, that uh, they need to donate that donate um, a lot of the proceeds from those covers, man, uh, to to some good that's, cause in Kobe's name, which I'm sure I'm sure they will too. I'm sure that's in the works somewhere because that you know I hope so because pe- people aren't going to let things like that slide anymore, especially in this climate. They're not about to let uh not about to let 2k profit off um uh, a recently deceased black man that's <laughs> in any that's, that see you feel me right that's all i'm, yeah. no, I'm with you i'm with you i mean if you look at what if you look at what's going on like in some areas of africa too like look, look at what the nba and look at what even some of uh, the soccer leagues have uh, some of the players have done like putting you know they're giving back to youth sports they're developing uh, they're developing academies and things that's what that money should be going towards because that's how you're going to get kids interested in the sport. And that's how you're going to get kids because obviously, you know, this whole thing of like when you're young and you're involved in something you really care about, that's what's going to keep your head straight. For sure. For sure. And that's, what's great. I mean, the African basketball league, that was, that was in, that was going to happen. We were about to see that. Oh, man. Uh, and then COVID hit. I mean, I shout out. I was, I was about to be team Nigeria all the way. Shout out. Uh, Osa and Abe on that. <laughs> team Angola uh, all day. Just saying. Oh uh, yeah, I don't think it's team yet. Sorry, Abe. Yeah, I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was definitely going to Nigeria. Because uh, their their jerseys for the World Cup were by far the flyest. Absolutely flyest, so. prettiest, man. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like Africa Cup of Nations is pure entertainment every year because yeah, every time Nigeria so scores a goal, it's like when Brazil scores a goal, it's a fashion. Yeah, 
Wonderful. <laughs> on that note, gentlemen, first of all, Brian, we thank you for being here today. Thank you, my man. We greatly appreciate it, man. I'm glad to be on. I, I didn't expect to be on the Report Press, but here we are. Good. Here we are, yeah, baby. Here we are. Here we are. Matt, get back soon. Enjoy your vacation, like we said. Keep that um, hair high, Matt. It, Keep that hair high. Yes, yes, Matt. We see you out there. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us at fullcourtpress82 at gmail.com. Also, join us on Facebook. We are now a LLC. Yes, SAW. Thanks for baby. And uh, we thank you guys for listening. And we are out of here. Later. Later.